podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to your post-match Raw on AI Pro, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey, and joining me to give their immediate reactions to Liverpool nil, Inter Milan 1 in the Champions League from Anfield, which saw the Reds go through 2-1 on an aggregate, are Carl Matchett and Harry Sethi. Carl, a very odd match um, in which we were quite often second to the ball in a way that's atypical, in which we were... Uh, quite often sloppy in possession, which is atypical, uh, and in which we were desperately unlucky um, with uh, many, many woodwork uh, connections and uh, narrow misses, plus the added uh, annoyance factor of that performance uh, by the referee. Um, all in all, a very frustrating evening. And I, I, for one, am sort of annoyed by the tainting of our Anfield record, I'll have to say it. I'm not really reveling in that we went through. I'm, I'm kind of annoyed, man. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, losing the Anfield uh, record is a thing. I've been mentioning it on pretty much every podcast, actually, raw post-match, um, after we play and after we win, and that it's... Only that horrible run where we had no defenders, where we lost some games at Anfield. And obviously tonight, sort of get rid of that after an, another year of being much, much better at it. But um, I think the the main takeaway, apart from the absolute crapness of Mateo Laoth tonight, is definitely the, uh, the, the forward line and some disappointing aspects of it, some unfortunate aspects of it. But in ode to them, I'm not going to finish any of my sentences tonight because... <laughs> <laughs> I like it actually. Yeah, that's a wonderful metaphor. We could just uh, extend that throughout <laughs> the show. Um, and 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 you know, Harry, to get a, a quick thought from you at the start as well. I mean, yeah. yes, there are several negatives there, and I've sort of leaned into them to start with Carl. Uh, the reality is that 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 we go through, and you sort of always felt there was a gear to step up. Um, but it, it 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 ends up feeling a little bit frustrating. I don't know. Are you a little bit more sort of uh, uh, pleased with the, just the, the result being the result overall? Yeah, no, I think I think I think the longer it's uh, well, the dust hasn't really settled just yet. But it's um, putting it into perspective. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I I, I don't really care. Um, I mean, I, I, the the Anfield record is. Is, is, is obviously wonderful. It's 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 a big source of pride, and hopefully it's not going to affect Virgil's individual record. But I think that's that was already based on the league, I think anyway, or or, or maybe it wasn't. But um, yeah, no, I, I can't find myself caring too much. Um, I I felt as though the, the side was sort of caught between two stalls um, for the for the first half an hour or first twenty minutes certainly. Um, you know, do we just try and control this game? We have the players seemingly to do that, or. Yeah, do we try and get get a goal and kill it off? And 
it's sort of coloured as well by the fact that I didn't think we played uh, particularly well across the whole game, but there there were there were still you know, a couple of well, two or three opportunities that we carved out where if we take any of those, you know, life becomes uh, much much harder for Inter Milan as as impressive as they were. So now, I, I, really, the residing thing for me following the the game trip was obviously. A, into the next round, uh, hoping some of those um, those players in the forward line can recover some of their fitness um, and maybe learn how to hold up a ball again because uh, I thought Diego Jota really struggled tonight. Didn't look like he was fully fit at all. Most Salah's going through this little, weird, little bit of a weird rut at the moment um, where ordinarily buries two of those two of those uh, chances that he has tonight. And um, yeah, also found myself just wondering. Uh, one, what the fitness regime is at Inter, uh, and also what uh, Arturo Vidal uh, is doing nutrition-wise, Trev, because, I mean, it was <laughs> absolutely remarkable, some of the shift he was putting in. I was watching and thinking, well, you know, Vidal, Sanchez, you know, two impressive players, tenacious players, keep themselves fit, but, you know, these guys will tire. And then they just didn't tire. <laughs> and they just didn't tire. Uh, and then, obviously, Sanchez saw to that in the end for himself. Uh, but Vidal, I mean... I, that chance that he blocks late on from Luis Diaz, that well, I'm sure we'll come to eventually, but he's not even in the shot when Diaz controls the ball. And then you just see in slow motion sort of the torso of Vidal flying across the screen. Um, and I thought he was very impressive across the whole game. But no, I'm, I'm left thinking Inter Milan are an impressive side, well-organized, disciplined, very, very tenacious. You can see why they were champions last year, regardless of what they're going through right now. Um, but yeah, as you said, Liverpool at full throttle, you do feel would blow these guys away, uh, and we just weren't able to to reach those levels tonight. Yeah, we weren't in so many areas of our play, uh, that, and that was the concerning thing for me. It was, yeah. it was it was just a level off on almost everything, and I've seen it um, be discussed in the aftermath. There, apart from the usual doom mongers, there were a couple of people saying, in a more optimistic way, well, perhaps that's the kind of kick in the arse uh, uh, that might be. Uh, appropriate um, um, just yeah. now. Um, um, maybe there was a little bit of excessive swagger, or we are a little bit overconfident, or whatever, whatever that kind of thing is. I'm not sure how much I buy into that with the mentality of the team, but look, I'm looking for any way out at this stage. And to stay with you, Harry, just to talk about the Reds lineup, mm. uh, it's it it, 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 he went with what it appears to be his preferred defense. With Allison and the four lads, uh, Alexander Arnold, um, Joe Matip returned alongside Virgil and Andy Robbo in the other corner. Um, then the midfield is one area where we tend to see a bit of a change up. Delighted to see, we were all delighted to see the return of Thiago just because we want to see Thiago playing football. Um, Fabinho alongside him and Curtis Jones, the surprise selection there in the midfield, perhaps. Um, and he went with a front three of Salah, Jota and Mane. Um, that the bench as a result then looked pretty strong. You've got Jimmy Milner coming on there who can do bits. Naby Keita uh, is there as well. Joe Gomez, Adrian was our sub keeper on the night uh, alongside Kelleher. Obviously, we have the captain there as well, Jordan Henderson. Oxley Chamberlain's there. Taki, um, Simicus, um, uh, Starman, Luis Diaz, uh, mm. Rigi, and Harvey Elliott. It is jet- when you look at it like that, it's, it's an, embar- an embarrassment of riches and. Um, uh, we've talked recently 
um, you might lean into this just a little bit here. We've talked recently about um, giving a lot of praise to Jurgen for getting the subs right. Um, I, I don't know, maybe there was an argument for changing things at a different time tonight uh, to try and impact that game a bit more because you could see it, you know, it, it, we, I really wanted to get a win over the line. You certainly didn't want to cough up that proud record and I'd yeah. like if those changes had been made a little bit differently or a little bit earlier or a little bit more proactively. Um, what did you think of the starting lineup it's, itself? Was it what you were expecting? And um, uh, have you any issues around that? Yeah, I, I didn't really have too many complaints when I saw it, to be honest. I mean, we, we've, we've gotten used to a level of rotation from, from Klopp recently. Uh, and there's obviously huge benefits to to doing that. And we've got the squad to to allow for that rotation. So why not, you know, um, Curtis Jones coming in, Thiago coming in as well. You look at that midfield on paper and you think, well, the one thing that you know that midfield should be able to do theoretically is, is control the game, dominate it, you know, retain the ball. We've seen Curtis Jones increasingly try and be molded into this Ginny type figure in terms of just ball retention. Uh, Thiago, we know what he can do when he's at his, you know, sort of the peak of his powers as well. And Fab, is just an essential, uh, and I certainly think for this game he was an essential as well because um, regardless of the lead that we had, I think you saw from the first leg, Inter really combative, um, really well organised, really well drilled, and as I was mentioning at the start, incredibly fit in terms of um, getting across the pitch, you know, harrying us, being tenacious in their pressing. I've, I've, I've not seen many sides compete toe-to-toe with us for pressing across the entire 90. And yeah. I thought that was very impressive from them. So, again, looking at that midfield on paper, you thought, yeah, they should be able to handle that. Um, and then up top as well, Salamane, no real complaints. Um, Diaz getting a bit of a rest was okay in my mind. Jota needing to maybe come back in, rediscover some rhythm after being out for a while. Yeah, it, it all makes sense in theory, right? And uh, in defence as well, yeah, we, how many times are we used to seeing Joe and Virgil together as soon as you know, both of them are fit? So. Not too many surprises there, um, and really before the before the game you know, kicks off, not many complaints to be honest. I, I did see some weird. It, it does appear to be some weird uh, sort of narrative following Curtis Jones um, from a couple of accounts online at the moment. There was a guy, uh, I'm not sure who he is. I, I, I don't want to mention his handle either, but seemed to be compiling uh, written notes on uh, scraps of A4 paper that he was then photographing <laughs> and putting onto Twitter. Uh, which featured every single um, maybe slightly negative uh, uh, action that Curtis Jones had taken, passed the ball backwards, lost the ball, passed the ball. And I'm looking at Jones's stats here as well, um, 93% in terms of his pass accuracy. I do think there's something to be talked about with the midfield and losing losing out in ground duels and aerial duels, and that was an issue when it came to Thiago and Curtis. But yeah, some so, so, some weird folk uh, you know, bounding around online, Trev, as a... Uh, as we used to. Maybe he is uh, some sort of burgeoning NFT future god <laughs> of the internet. I and mean, he's, he's he's just getting the groundwork in. Who At least use a gel pen then, you know. It's a boring <laughs> yes, byron. Exactly, exactly. We all know that the only proper art has bright yellow in it. Come <laughs> on, lads. Um, the thing about, uh, the, the, the other thing about the stats that really sticks in my head is you look at the overall game stats, we have 87% pass accuracy across the team. And I'm sorry, but, the, you know, we, play, we played so many passes that that was probably what happened. 
But there were a lot of passes that went askew or little pokes forward that went went awry. Yeah. And 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 to bring you in, Carl on Inter, as Harry says, they were really, really up for it, really good when it came to that side of the game. I, I, we haven't been under that much pressure all season. Um, and when you think that, you know, you'd like to think domestic teams would have a plan to work us out and try to perhaps do that. Um, but there's no team that's done it as consistently across the 90 minutes, in my estimation at least. And uh, with Handanovic at the back and a, and a back three in the, sorry, in goal and a back three of Bastoni, De Vrij, uh, and Skriniar, um, you could see what it was uh, that the manager was trying to do. Dumfries and Perisic on the flanks, uh, Chalanoglu, Brozovic and Vidal doing bits in the middle. Uh, and Martinez uh, with, alongside him on the night was Sanchez, who again was possessed in a way that, you know, I didn't think he was capable of being anymore. Um, now, obviously, it went a bit far. He was, uh, he should have been uh, sent directly off for his horror show tackle on, um, on uh, our number six. But Whatever, that's a different story. We'll talk about that in the in the, in the um, details of the match. Was that how you expected them to go? I'm looking at their bench, and obviously Ed and Jekko, who didn't even get a minute, um, is the one that jumps out at you in terms of uh, the one that people would know. The people who did come on from on the night were Gagliardini, Vicino, I think was their last sub. Correa D'Ambrosio came on because of a De Vrij a, a injury, and Darmian too. Um, you know, I think maybe Robin Goosens is another one who could have been in contention. Uh, when you look forward to this one, Dave, was that pretty much how you saw them going? Yeah, pretty much. Um, to be fair, I didn't do it. Guy did uh, for this game, but it would have been this lineup with the exception of Zeko. Um, they played Friday night as opposed to over the weekend, so they had an extra day to get everybody ready. Uh, Jekko scored twice in that game in a 5-0 win against the team at the bottom of, of Serie A, so I wouldn't have expected too many changes. But there was a report in the Italian media earlier on today before the match saying that uh, they they had you know seen the training preparations and it looked like it was going to be Laudaro and Alexis together, which obviously it turned out to be, which like you say is fine because of the energy and the pressing and a bit of a game plan there and all the rest of it. But to not even see him come off the bench... I suspect he must have been carrying an injury because what, what other reason would you have needing a goal in the last couple of minutes? And your only forward on the bench at that point is Joaquin Correa, who's more of a second forward anyway. They didn't have a big number nine up there. They didn't have a target man or a, a real goal scorer on the pitch. So I can only imagine that he was injured, even though Caicedo didn't come on. So I'm not really sure about the last couple of changes that um, Simone Inzaghi made, but apart from that, the, the lineup was exactly as you would expect. Obviously, the, the one suspension that they did have uh, puts a, an awful lot of emphasis on the wingbacks to get high up the pitch. I think Perisic pretty much had a, a really good game again today. Him against Trent was probably the best individual battle on the pitch, I thought. And uh, back three is always the back three. In terms of the, you know, Harry's been very diplomatic and referred to uh, nutrition uh, in regards to Vidal and Sanchez. I mean, the energy levels from the two of them in particular were quite pronounced. Um, and it it has an effect. It has an impact. Like, you know, at one point, 
little barrel and all that he is, Sanchez had worried both Joel and Virgil in, in succession um, with sort of physical challenges. Now, he didn't actually manage to do a whole lot with it. Um, uh, but, but, you know, I have to say, I did not see that performance coming. I was sustained, as Harry mentioned, was Vidal's. Yeah, for sure. I think that you got to remember that there's so much at stake in this game. Obviously, these players, many of them have been at the very, very highest level for a long time, both domestically and on the international scene. You talk about Vidal, especially we've seen with Chile in particular, even more than at club level, sometimes how how driven these players can be and how winning the biggest games where it's a knockout competition, everything, it brings an extra level out of them. That's why they've been at the top end of the game for so long. Uh, so... Definitely impressive in their own way, maybe off the ball more than on the ball uh, at some points, I think is fair to say, but um, it, it definitely gave them a chance. I think that their their work rate and their determination and the fact that they, even at two goals down, like you know, we see domestically, teams give up against Liverpool at that point mm. sometimes, but they really didn't. They, they certainly kept themselves in the, in the tie as a whole, certainly thought that they could find a way back in and... I don't really want to go overboard because this game could easily have been a a, a much better scoreline for Liverpool just by a a few inches either side of the post, obviously. But you can also see, other than lacking maybe a little bit of um, quality or cutting edge in the final third, if they have had a little bit more fortune, they probably could have been in the game a little bit earlier or they could have threatened us a little bit later on because it was a fairly tight game across both legs. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. And we'll get into the incidents of the match, which led to that tightness. Uh, and, and I think Carl's right as well, Trevor. I'm, I'm delighted I never got to see Barella play. Absolutely delighted. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Across absolutely. both legs, because yeah, Carl's yeah. talking about quality, and that and that guy would have um, been a thorn in the backside. For sure, that is a, that is a win for us overall. Uh, and you know, like I say, it's it's just the high standards that we've set ourselves uh, to see them tailing off in any way, shape, or form, and then to see them tailing off in multiple areas. It just leaves you a little bit frustrated, feeling I don't want that team. I don't think they're good enough to beat us. I honestly don't. And yet they have come away with a one 0 win. You see, Vidal, you know, punching the air to the away fans as he goes off. And I'm like, no, you <laughs> that should not be a thing that's happening in our backyard. But anyway, uh, we get the game um, started with Antonio Miguel Mateo Lahoth, uh, who will henceforth be known as Gloves Wanker by me uh, throughout the entire match because I... I, I I don't I don't I don't even know where to start. Let's just talk about the things that he did and did not do, as he did and did not do them. Um, and Harry, let's start you and I with the first choke of the match, in which we can see uh, the early goings of what would prove to be a nightmare performance by that particular uh, referee. Um, they were very very busy pressing high right from the start. In the first five minutes, that was pretty much the feature, and we tried to impose our possession play to counteract that. But if we're being perfectly honest, the first chance-ish of the game happens on six minutes. It's a really tame Dumfries half volley. It's straight at Ali after a Perisic cross was headed down. There was another touch, and Dumfries has his half volley. Uh, like I say, kind of just a token effort at Ali. We then have the first half-decent move of the match um, where Rabo has a cross blocked on eight minutes that led to a corner. 
And between eight and 15 minutes, the only note I have is, my God, we're coughing up a lot of possession here. And it was a real feature of that period. Like I said before, the, the little sort of under hit poked pass uh, was the perpetual feature of this game. Lads who are just off balance and toe poking a ball that was just not going to reach an, a, 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 a teammate or lobbing a, a ball in the air into an area where it was inviting a challenge. Just daft stuff that was really starting to get infuriating. And um, on 15 minutes, it looked like we had, uh, you know, manufactured a decent opportunity where Virgil, who was uh, looking like he wasn't going to get near at all because he was inviting a lot of, uh, in, um, let's say, uh, uh, interactions with the opposition, uh, makes a, it makes a header from the Trent corner, but it's quite easy for the keeper. That's 15 minutes. Straight after that is the, the first thing where you just go, what is this lad doing? Two calls against Fabinho in a row on about 16 or 17 minutes. Like outrageously bad calls. And, uh, you know, your eyebrow at this point, Harry, is right up in the air. Um, And I'm going to finish with uh, a lovely moment on 21 minutes where Trent intercepts uh, Martinez as he's running through on goal on 21 minutes. It was actually the second time he'd done something similar to that. Um, And it really gave delight to those idiots who still trot out that nonsense about how he can't mm. defend. Talk to me about those opening 20 minutes. If there was something that you wanted to pick up and run with that I mentioned or something I didn't even uh, bring up, feel free. Yeah, no, I, I, I think you've just basically touched on what I was um, speaking about at the start, whereas when when this game began, you knew it was going to sort of be an awkward balancing act for us because on paper, that's a team that can go out there and just control and try and be you know, measured, um, composed, not give the ball away, you know, try and sort of ease themselves into the game. But Inter Milan had no intention of allowing us to do that. Um, and, you know, as as Carl's already alluded to there, you know, this game, you know, meant a lot for them. They were coming into it needing to win, needing to impose themselves on us. Uh, and they got a team full of South Americans as well who uh, just don't like losing, uh, some of those being you know, career winners um, as well. So um, they were very tenacious, filling our, filling our faces, didn't allow us to sort of build our way into a game, which we've seen sometimes, you, you know, we, we could sometimes start a little bit slowly, you know, like to get a foothold into a game. And they, they had no intention of allowing us to have that, have that breathing space to establish ourselves. So, you know, that's, that's good planning on their part. And, uh, you know, the off the ball work that Carl was mentioning was was excellent from the off. But uh, um, yeah, it was. Uh, you, you mentioned some of the refereeing, uh, and I, I'd almost forgotten that there'd be a ref watch uh, for the Champions League. But very happy to see it's um, it's come back in. Uh, they may look more professional uh, in Europe, and, and often they are often often they are a lot better than the Premier League referees that we've seen. But uh, tonight it, it was a very strange um, mixed performance of. Some right calls when they were abundantly obvious or just you know, couldn't possibly sort of uh, go against them. Um, some very strange decisions around um, the art of pushing and nudging um, and shoulder barging. Um, of course, there's it's contact sport. There's a physical aspect to football. And you know, we, we, we all like to see there being some allowance for it. But it was very funny from the off how uh, numerous um, sort of quite clear tactical fouls that you know, you're often used to hearing commentators say, oh, he's not that sort of player. Uh, they are the, those sorts of players. They are that sort of side. They come from the league, which has literally written the book on on, on how to 
uh, you know, impose yourself into a game using some of these tactics. And it was a little bit discouraging that he was, he was allowing them to play that game, um, which is, which is what they needed, of course. So that wasn't yeah. great. Uh, but yeah, I, I felt that it was going to be a difficult balancing act for us to sort of try and figure out that we maybe couldn't ease ourselves into that game. We were going to have to be a bit more combative. And then maybe you do at that stage, look at the midfield and go, uh, in terms of this midfield being combative, is that necessarily what we're really going to see from them? Of, of course, we've spoken in the past about Thiago and Fab being together as a pair and, and you know, uh, reducing the chaos, retaining the ball, um, but it just felt as though things were slightly off, uh, and it was giving them enough encouragement. I do want to end on Trent, though, as you mentioned. I thought uh, tonight was a really good example of of one of those games where, um, obviously, he's, he's one of the best playmakers in Europe. I think that people have sort of gradually understood that's his role in this team. Uh, he is a defender as well, and um, I thought tonight he he really showcased that side of his game as well. You know, had a really tough contest uh, against Perisic, who's a very um, sort of disciplined customer to deal with, uh, won the majority of his ground jewels, um, you know, was really disciplined in sort of making sure he was he was tracking back, covering when he could, and, and on the ball as well. I mean, yeah, I thought he was fairly fantastic for for the majority of the night as well. Plenty of deliveries that deserved probably better than they ended up getting. So I thought Trent was actually a real high um, high note on the night, even from the off. I'd have to agree. Um, lots of people um, eating humble pie watching that performance because it was a, a pretty complete one. Um, all he was short was um, his usual assist, yeah. uh, 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 and he even got closer to free kick. And yeah, I look, the thing about um, uh, Mr. Matteo Lahoth is that uh, it, 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 he look. We've I don't know what way you guys are, what, what what sort of various involvements you've had with football over over years, but I've often been coaching teams and see you got a training match going on, or maybe it's end of year and it's the sports day in my school and I'm refereeing matches, knockout matches all day. And sometimes you just, you, you kind of, you miss one, you, were, you weren't paying attention, you, you, you let one go and then you think, well, I better let let one go for the opposition with if the chance occurs so you do and then they get outraged and they just had that feel that he was he it, the game was slowly getting out of his control he had that head of someone who was not in control and i think when you see someone rush into uh you know red card someone on the sideline after you've been making appalling decisions all night that might be a fair indicator like i mean i'm sure johnny moss was at home in his kitchen rolling his shoulders backwards swaggering out to the fridge for another uh you know bit of bit of ice cream thinking i'm better than this lad you know um i love was... how john moss has, has has managed to be caught two-footed by you despite the fact <laughs> nowhere near this game i'm not he's never getting off the hook it's just as simple <laughs> as that um now immediately after that little trend incident the only thing that i've known that, that happens next is that the game is stopped um, as a fan was treated on the cop and I found myself asking a question I think uh, you know the majority of the people on my timeline were asking is like well, what, what's going on here was why, why why is this keep happening and of course straight away you've got people who have various issues and agendas coming on and you know nobody gives a shit about your issues and agendas it, you know if asking that question is not a dog whistle for you know some sort of anti-covid narrative or something it's a simple question why is this happening now and if it's just a new thing 
that's been introduced by way of um, some sort of in-game legislation, and you know, just simply say that. It, but it, it it does seem strange that it, it's it's a thing that's occurring. I saw someone trying to explain it in the most condescending way possible with a thread there on Twitter, and it didn't explain anything. Literally explained nothing, and 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 used. Uh, some sort of like references to scientific papers to do it, but didn't explain anything. I, I still don't know why games are stopped now. So um, if we do have any clarification on that from either of you, or if you do, uh, I wouldn't mind knowing what that is uh, at some stage, if you, if you want to come back to it. But let's, if we can, get stuck back into the rest of the match, Carol, the first half with you then, um, because... We do have a fantastic opportunity on the half-hour mark when play gets restarted. Joel meets a trend free kick, which was whipped in pretty viciously um, uh, with his head, and it hits the top, uh, hits the bar. It's an in-swing free kick, beautiful delivery from Trent. Uh, and Joel does his bit by by directing it towards the target. But unfortunately, the first of a couple of um, uh, 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 hands-to-head moments over the night. Then Van Dijk has a header soon after that uh, from the corner that occurred as a result of that effort. Um, his header was blocked by Skriniar. That leads to another corner uh and uh, nothing came from that then we see virgil at his best at the other end where uh, on 34 minutes they appear to be breaking with martinez who sees virgil and goes yeah i don't fancy that just gives up the goals completely it was uh, quite a visceral powerful moment and um, it prompted the the Fletch lad on BT to talk about how um, Virgil had done him. And I, the more Fletch talks about something, uh, as as if it's a fait accompli, you know that it's going to be the opposite. And of course, Martinez has his moment later on, um, as I kind of found myself predicting in my head. Um, Trent bundled over Martinez on the touchline in 37 minutes, much to my uh, much to my delight. Uh, one of those moments you like to see, just strength uh, from our lad, uh, and we pick up the first yellow of the car uh, of the match. Then on 39 minutes, Jota pretty sloppy again uh, and picks up the yellow the yellow card. Now I'm going to take you through the remainder of the half because there's only really one thing of real incident and 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 that I do want to get a comment from you on in your summary. Um Chalinoglu drives in a free kick from the right hand side. Uh it's a low cross shot. Uh they can't get to it and Ali has to do really well to push it away. Um, the five minutes are added for stoppage. Uh, Sanchez at that point, then on 48 minutes, uh, so three three minutes into the stoppage, comes in with what is a leg breaker on Thiago, in my opinion. Um, not even a card, it didn't appear at the time. Um, maybe that was just the coverage, but nobody seemed to think he had gotten a card. And then we learned later on from uh, the great insight master that is Fletch that um, it has been decided that he has been given a yellow card. So who knows what happened there. Um, then Vidal is late as hell on Curtis on 50 minutes. We get a free left of centre and Trent hits that free narrowly wide of the top corner intersection of post and bar. Look, they are the things that happened. But the real takeaway for me was how increasingly the game was getting away from us in terms of our sloppiness uh, in important moments 
and the game is clearly getting away from the referee as well, Carl. Yeah, I mean, we've used quite a lot of words tonight to um, explain Laoth was terrible. Like, he was abysmal. We had a couple of players who weren't at their best tonight, and he was 10 times worse than any of them because you miss challenges like that, you miss decisions like that. It doesn't matter about a lot of the other stuff you do. One, you affect the game by not giving the right decision. Two, you can obviously see players be injured. We've seen Thiago, for example, be a long time out for Liverpool with a similar injury. It's not that dissimilar to uh, Richarlison's tackle on him, which left him sideline for a long old time. And it should have been a red card. Really, really easy. And I don't know that we, I mean, Liverpool are quite um, a respectful side in terms of referees and we don't really crowd them and all the rest of it. But I do think that there more often needs to be, even if it is just the captain, someone who has a very, very forceful word at time with the referee, because so many times, and even in this game, we saw a second half, for example, it should have been a yellow card for Skriniar when he's gone through the back of Salah's neck. Uh, yeah, when it went out for a throw, these you cannot li- let these things go, and I don't like that. As a team, we don't really force the issue there. Not in terms of you know crowd and doing what you know United do sometimes, and Arsenal and United do every week back in the day. Not like not to that extent, but certainly someone has to be able to have a word other than just Klopp on the sidelines, who then gets it in the ear from the fourth official and all the rest of it. There should be more um, a vociferous kind of making the point because that was. Uh, if it's if it's straight on, it's a leg breaker for sure. Because it's from the side, I, I'm not sure unless he's like got his studs planted that it can be that bad. But it's still very very high. I mean, it's knee height where the top of his boot is. It's it's a really really bad challenge. Uh, to move away from that, uh, the Allison save that you mentioned was after I think must have been about the 25th loss of possession that Diogo Jota had in that first half. Yeah, I thought he he had a stinker. To be perfectly honest, I thought he should have probably come off at the break. Um, he, he just didn't really hold up anything. Like Harry said before, he didn't look sharp. He didn't really look fit. So you can say that he needed the minutes and all that. But we had a game to win here as well. Um, and that free kick came from a, another occasion where he lost possession, then ran back and committed the foul. And it just it was not a very good half overall. Uh, only thing I would say on the first half as well is that you mentioned before about the the crowd incident. Uh, the stoppages obviously depends because two of these things don't happen every single time necessarily. But first of all, if the defibrillator is in use, the game has to stop because it has to be pitch side and available for any of the players. So you can't play on if that's being used in the crowd. Mm. And the same goes for the club doctors. If either of them have to attend uh, someone in the crowd, then again, you can't play on because they have to be ready to attend anybody on the pitch. That makes perfect sense. Um, and I'm just... I'm just maybe then it's just that there's been multiple of these type of things in some sort of a strange run. That's perhaps what it is. Uh, but uh, the it's just because it is a new thing to see games being stopped. It's so it's either that these things are starting to happen, or um, if if that because those things that you've explained that makes perfect sense. Why why it would have to stop? Of course it does. So at least that's a logistic explanation for anyone who's wondering why it happened in the second half, Harry. Um, they have to make a change. Um, they have to bring on D'Ambrosio because De Vries is uh, not uh, able to play the second half. Um, the first thing of note is Robbo picking up a yellow card and 46 minutes he catches Dumfries a bit late. Uh, leads to a free on the right-hand side and there's a chance. Um, 
when Sanchez uh, heads the ball at Chalanoglu, but Ali saves it really well, and it doesn't matter because there's about three or four of them offside. Uh, Trent has a shot deflected, I think, but saved. It Basically, the game was pretty much moving at 100 miles an hour, and when I looked up, it wasn't there anymore, so I couldn't see what was going on or what had happened. Um, Bastoni uh, body-checked Mo in 40 minutes. Nothing. Uh, then there were successive dangerous crosses by both Trent and Robbo on 50 minutes, which is actually always nice to see. Um, and then on 51 minutes, we have uh, one of the, um, like I said earlier on, moments where we all have our heads in our hands. Mo hits the post. It's a lovely ball by Thiago into Jota. Uh, the challenge from Jota leads to the ball breaking. It breaks to Mo. He gets onto it, um, but alas, hits the right-hand post. Straight after that, Harry, Sadio is then cleaned out. Um, it's an assault, is what it is. Nothing. Mm. Um, and well, I'm going to finish uh, on the hour mark with you. That leaves two more things. 59 minutes, we saw Martinez have a shot deflected wide. Um, Robbo gets a little kind of heel to it. But again, it was a wake-up call. How did the ball kind of slowly find its way to Martinez in space in the central position? It should have been a wake-up call. Actually, let's do this right. Let's build it to the goal because it's only two minutes away. Then D'Ambrosio on the, on the hour mark uh, breaks our offside, charging forward from the back. Breaks our offside really well. It's a decent ball into him. And if it isn't for the fact that it's a centre half who's charging and harumphing forward, the touch and finish might have been a bit more um, expert and we might have been uh, punished there. But he fires wildly over, skies his shot. But then within three minutes, they are 1 0 up. And it is Martinez, uh, who, like we had said, had gotten bugger all all night from our defence. But again, we back off. The ball is played into him from the left. He's approaching sort of diagonally in the corner of the box. And we all back off. And when we back off, you invite people to shoot. And if you take a shot that's as good as the one Martinez takes, which has perfect amount of power and bend to beat Ali at the far post into the top corner, and that's not an easy thing to do. I think sometimes you just have to take your hat off and say, that's a yeah. really good goal and it's a brilliantly taken finish. And these things can happen. What it should have done was spark us into a uh, real response. Alas, that didn't really happen. Talk to us about the first uh, chunk of that half then. Yeah, no, as you mentioned, there, there are sort of a number of of different warning signs um, in terms of sort of them starting to create slightly more high quality chances. Um, the Ambrosio one is obviously a a very high quality chance if you're anybody but a centre back, effectively. Um, and it actually, almost reminded me a little bit of the uh, was it not quite as high quality as the Lanzini chance, but in terms of sort of like, you know, being in the right position and actually skying it over um, in that in that position. Um, so yeah, you would. You would think that would have made us a little bit sharper, a little bit more weary, um, or wary of the fact that they could they could hurt us. Um, having said that, in the end, the the goal by Martinez, who had an interesting evening because um, I was sort of in the midst of a discussion with somebody online around you know, the, that particular clip that you were talking about, Trev, where 
yeah, he he does just stop running the second he clocks that it's uh it's Van Dyke who who he'd be in a sprinting contest with, and and uh, yeah, I, perhaps I was reveling in that aura a little bit around. Isn't it great that we've got a uh, a centre back who, for quite a few strikers, they don't even bother. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a very useful thing to have, um, and. Yeah, from from time to time you will see uh, yeah, the likes of Virgil give give a player a bit more space, back off, and almost invite them. Say, well, you know, go on then, show me what you can do. And similar to yourself, Trev, I mean, if 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 those are the types of goals that we're conceding in terms of the quality of that strike, then yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sort of in the camp where you know I hate conceding goals, don't want us to to back off and I'm sure we could analyze that and think of the much much better ways to defend that situation but it's a very high quality strike by Martinez it's it's a it's a wonder strike beats Ali from that position you know hit with a lot of power and you know I was sort of left thinking maybe that's what happens when you um you know have have bullied an Argentinian striker like Latoro Martinez um, for for nearly an hour and a half, uh, for, for over an hour and a half at this stage across the two ties, because he really was getting absolutely nothing uh, and looked fairly demoralised. But that that seemed to sort of com- completely wake him up, and you just wonder what kind of game it would have been um, had uh, his uh, fellow South American not done not done something uh, that we saw Sanchez do only sort of a minute later. Uh, and, and and you're right to highlight as well that um, I think the same as Carl did. Um, Alexis Sanchez, very, very lucky to even be on the pitch, to be honest, after that um, pretty terrible tackle against Thiago. And, and similar to yourself, I, I wasn't very clear that there was a yellow card given for that, to be honest. It, it looked like he'd largely gotten away with it. Um, and I was <laughs> quite surprised that Thiago was as magnanimous about it as well, given yeah, some of the layoffs he's he's had as well. But yeah, at the start of the second half, they Inter Milan once again sort of proving to us that you know they they had no intention of giving up the game despite certain players maybe being a little bit demoralised or play breaking down at a certain situation they're starting to carve out those better chances uh, and yeah when you when you when you keep on allowing uh, you know, teams to get into a certain part of the pitch where they can maybe create chances or have shots like that um, we've seen Liverpool over the past few games. Um, not concede a number of you know actually quite high quality chances for the opposition, um, and this wasn't I'm, I'm sure on, on on paper when we look at the stats for for this chance it was a very low value chance, uh, but Martinez turns it into a t- in, in, into a wonderful one. He certainly does, and you know, uh, Carl Harry's right. You know, I, I said you know you, you you would hope that the response to a goal like that, which is kind of it stuns you and you think. Well, fuck me, you know this. We shouldn't have allowed that. We've got we have more about us, and you want to see that response. But then something strange happens to the to the uh, tempo of the game, to the impetus uh, uh, that, that 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 Inter Milan have because Sanchez does uh, pick up a second yellow for following through on Fabinho. He had won the ball and he follows through his foot high, um, and. Uh, then the ref goes over and sends off one of the Inter Milan staffers as well. Uh, whatever. We bring on Naby and Hendo for Curtis and Thiago at that point. That's 64 minutes. Um, and the only thing that happens in those immediate moments uh, is that we do start to keep the ball a bit better. And I'd have to say that once Martinez's goal goes in and Sanchez goes off, even though they still keep playing football, 
there is nothing left for them in this game now. We have nothing to talk about by way of an Inter Milan chance between now and the end of the game and a sizable amount of injury time added on too. Um, the things that do happen that we can talk about is how Sadio Mane picks up a yellow card in 70 minutes for literally nothing. Um, they bring on, I think, at least three, if not four substitutes, Correa, Gagliardini, Darmian came on. Brozovic and Martinez, two of the ones to go off. I got hard to keep up with that at the time. But we have another fantastic opportunity in 75 minutes. Mo hits the post, a first-time effort. It's a lovely link-up with Sadio Mane, a beautiful through ball by him with a bit of loft on it. Mo times his run to perfection, hits the ball first time with his right foot. It's beautifully done. It's really well-executed uh, effort. But he hits the base of the other post this time, and you, you know we're 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 all uh, wincing. Uh, they bring on their last sub then, which is Vicino for uh, Chalanoglu on 82 minutes, and we have Diaz come on at the same time for the aforementioned absolutely woeful Diogo Jota uh, on the night. Um, to be fair, um, 84 minutes, Bastoni took out Mo as Mo was driving a goal, uh, and. Uh, Bastoni's another one who should have had multiple yellow cards. 88 minutes, uh, Robbo's breaking down the left, Mo's running through the middle. It's a wonderful opportunity. It's not just Mo there as well breaking, uh, but Robbo's cross is atypically poor. It goes out for a corner. Um, from that uh, corner, there's a uh, Van Dijk header, which is deflected uh, out for another corner. Uh, and at that point, five minutes are added. And the last thing of note then, really, two things. Uh, Diaz has a shot blocked in 91 minutes. It's a bloody fantastic piece of football, a beautiful move that deserved to be crowned with a goal by our new our new man. Um, but, you know, Harry mentioned earlier on the uh, sort of suspiciously energetic Vidal got across uh, to clear that in a very dramatic way. Um, I've Gallier, no idea what I'm implying here, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 I'm playing it. It's just a man who doesn't eat gluten. That's yeah, it. Absolutely, he's fond of broccoli. Uh, 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 93 minutes saw Gagliardini picking up a yellow card. And then the last ignominious moment of uh, the referee's uh, night was when Mo was assaulted by Skriniar. And again, literally nothing. Um uh, a, a, an absolute shit show of performance from him. I think you'd have to say overall, when you weigh up those chances, Carl, um, that we've talked about, maybe that does sort of temper um, the level of annoyance you can have or irritation you can have at what wasn't a great performance by us. Because on another night, um, we have at least two goals in the bag there and then the tie is never in doubt. Yeah, I mean, Harry mentioned Martinez's shot was a low quality chance as such. It was it was four percent four percent probability of, uh, of being a goal by uh, InfoGoal's uh, methodology, which, if memory serves, is the same chance as Origi's was given uh, his Champions League goal against Tottenham in the final. So a, a very very low probability chance. I think, as usual, there I wouldn't really look at the shot itself in terms of Liverpool and to prevent the goals. I usually look a little bit further back, the build-up play, where it's come from, and um, basically it's it's a, a poor clearance, a poor pass out of defence, isn't it, from Matip? And then we've not defended the second ball when it comes back in particularly well. I think it was uh, maybe Diago was sort of caught between two players, and when the ball comes in, like you say, Van Dijk has stood off him a little bit to 
to say, go on, have a go if you want. And indeed he did. And kind of like Kovacic's goal for Chelsea, for example, when someone hits the ball that well, there's not always something you can do about it. Yeah. Inter's best chance on the night was actually the Chahanoglu free kick that we mentioned in the first half. That was 7%. So we've restricted them to really, really poor quality chances across the night as a whole. Um, XG, I think it was 1.9 or something like that for Liverpool to 0.3 for Inter. So yes, they've won the match. You've got to take your chances in the end and they did so, but not enough. So you can't really complain too much. I mean, on another day, that Salah finish on his right foot was exquisite. That's that's very, very unfortunate that that one didn't go in. His other shot against the other post was less exquisite and should have been a goal, simple as that. And Diaz, it was a 51% chance, basically. Uh, so that one either goes in or it doesn't. It's a flip, flip of a coin. And um, Vidal, some sort of thing to mention here about needing to get to the white lines on the pitch really quickly. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a gag there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm going to come back to you for last minute thoughts. And I'm sure you have a few of your usual um, interesting facts and figures for us uh, towards the end there. And that's what we'll do. We'll finish the show with yourself in a second, Carl. And Harry, let me get your wrap up thoughts on that overall performance and, uh, you know, uh, what it means. Because, you know, ultimately in the context of the season, uh, when we get over our, our, our um, bruised pride at losing uh, a match, uh, we have qualified. John Achterberg has put a little graphic on his Twitter there saying, you know, qualified in big letters. Uh, so, you know, we're in that we're in the next round. We're in the we're in the draw, basically, which is really all that matters if we're being perfectly honest. And we're all we can all look forward to that now. Um, and, you know, maybe there is some sort of chastening uh impact from having a defeat that will work in our favor let's just lean into the positives because they're they've been endless so far this year so taking all that into account just give me your wrap-up thoughts on uh the match overall the 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 uh, the, the evenings uh entertainment overall if you have anything you want to um sort of uh, go into a little bit of detail about and then do let folks know before you sign off what they can expect from you uh on the channel over the weekend Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no, I, I think I come away from it just thinking that yeah, that I've, I've I've got a I, I, I try and watch um, as as much of Italian football as I can when I when I get a chance to, but it's 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 obviously difficult to um, to keep up with so much football. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm I'm left you know, with with quite a lot of admiration to be honest for for Inter Milan and how they approached the game um, and how they approached it after. A really competitive first leg where they could have easily felt really hard done by how that ended up. And I think Inzaghi had said as much actually following the game that he was probably more bitter about that first leg than the second one. He was quite proud of how, how they performed in the second leg as well. Um, yeah, clearly a very talented side. Um, and despite there being a number of players in there that you might think are towards the end of their, end of their careers, as we've all mentioned, you know, they're you know, very proud players who've achieved a lot and they showed just how much they could. They could push us because this is obviously a wonderful, a wonderful Liverpool side, despite the fact that we weren't at our best um, tonight. And yeah, the, the overarching impression for me is that you know, it's 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 qualification, similar to John Hessenberg there. And uh, yeah, the, the quotes coming out of the game, it sounds as though nobody is taking this lightly on the Liverpool side. Uh, you, know, you got a salary after the game saying maybe we needed that. You know, it's maybe there was a little bit of overconfidence that crept into our game. 
having said that, as as Carl mentioned there with the stats and trying to be just ruthlessly objective around it, uh, yeah, on a, on another night we 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 take two of those chances. And I'm even thinking about uh, another one that I don't think we mentioned where. Um, it was effectively there was a square ball for a Mo tap in, uh, and Robbo just couldn't deliver the cross that we've seen him deliver uh, you know, countless times for Mo to have a tap in, um, and that was another chance as well. On another night, we we score two goals and, and things become incredibly comfortable for us, and we talk about how this is you know a formidable Liverpool side, and you know, we, we, we even though into a game we we, we wipe them away as well, so. Yeah, yeah, this is the Champions League. You know, there are going to be tough games. There's going to be more tough games as well as we get into the next round. But yeah, hopefully this will be a useful reminder for for the team of you know, of of the fact that we need to be you know, never complacent, never believing our own aura. You know, you need to make sure as much as possible, um, try and reduce the risk as much as possible because that's that's when we've seen this Liverpool side be at its most successful when we just completely. Uh, you know, crush uh, another team in, in terms of lack of opportunities for them as well. Um, so yeah, on, on, on the whole, actually fairly positive around it. And just want to touch on Trent again. I thought he was thought he was excellent on the night, and I thought it was another night that you just you realise the value of a of a Fabinho as well because uh, yeah, it was many times where he was involved in battles uh, throughout the night, and uh, he, he never shirked shirked for many of them, despite the fact that he's probably aware every time he's going for a tackle uh, that he wasn't going to win a free kick. <laughs> there was going to be a free kick against him. Um, but uh, overall, you, uh, you just got to be happy that we move into the next round. Uh, still in, um, still in the competition with a chance of winning this uh, uh, quadruple that everybody keeps reminding us exists um, on paper as well. So yeah, I think, I think we've got to be happy with that. And, for me, uh, there'll be another rival recon uh, ahead of the of, of of the Brighton game. I think I'm recording that tomorrow, uh, and then I'll probably do another another one as well. Just um, because the games do come thick and fast, the, these two uh, ahead of the Arsenal game as well. Newly newly born Arsenal, uh, you know, who are um, on a bit of a run at the moment, um, and um, looking forward to discussing how that's going to come to an end as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, I'm glad you actually got someone for Brighton because it was looking a bit scary there for a while, wasn't it? You yeah, I, I, I've got two pretty solid um, uh, contacts for Brighton, but uh, both of them are going on holiday. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure if there's something there. <laughs> but, yeah, both, both of them are going on holiday and, and, and Arsenal is always important for me as well because I grew up in North London and the WhatsApp the WhatsApp group chats, the family chat always gets incredibly lively um, ahead of that fixture. Um, every single season got a little bit a little bit quieter this season obviously after those two legs where we sort of demoralized them last time we went to the Emirates so hopefully we can we can do that again yeah yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I always keep you in mind when there's uh, Arsenal on the horizon I know <laughs> I know how close it is it's a bit like uh, Cam with all his Man United supporting relatives it's uh, it's a difficult time <laughs> so uh, yeah, thoughts and prayers Harry you know uh, we we uh, we obviously the, the one sort of frustrating thing um, uh, is that we had an opportunity to set some sort of record of most amount of games won from the start of a pre- Champions League campaign I think it's Barca and Bayern may have it, uh, and I just, the only reason I like these little uh, token things is because they're a measure of the dominance of this side, and I want this side to be remembered for years uh, for being incredibly dominant and winning trophies. And Carl, to finish off with you, then 
um, no doubt you have some sort of take on the match overall for us to finish up with. And uh, in a time where there's games coming thick and fast, do let the folks know what they can expect from you two in the days to come. Yeah, I'll be back on Scouted again this week for everything that we've got coming up. Basically, obviously, it's Brighton at the weekend, so I'll be on there and um, a couple of big games coming up fast after that. So we'll be on uh, before every single game on those ones. Uh, There's a post-match piece on The Independent if you fancy a read of things as well. In terms of the game tonight, uh, I'd just like to quickly mention Curtis Jones. I thought first half he was probably Liverpool's best player in terms of being on the ball. Uh, very, very progressive, very quick to get on the turn and get us on the front foot. Probably out of the foremost attacking players, he was comfortably the better player, uh, to be honest. And just in terms of his actual appearances for the first team, that was his 68th, which doesn't sound like a milestone, but actually is for for a long, long time after Stephen Gerrard broke through. Stephen Warnock was the academy graduate with the most appearances in the first team for the Reds, and he managed 67 altogether. Now, obviously, we've got Trent now, who's on 212 after tonight, but Warnock was still second out of the purely academy graduates. So Jones is now into second place since Stephen Gerrard in terms of those. Uh, Raheem Sterling is the only other one, but obviously we signed him. Yes, we did sign him. I like that. Excellent stuff. Um, And, you know, if you are feeling a little bit flat, folks, do recall... uh, how good things are because you know i may have started the ball rolling with my disappointment and not winning i just wanted to win all the games but you know you could be struggling in your existence as an everton fan and i mean it is mail online so take it with a grain of salt it's matt hughes take that with a grain of salt but apparently everton risk a premier league points deduction as they teeter on the brink of breaking profit and sustainability rules after recording combined losses of over 260 million between 2017 and 2020, which is, wait for it, 155 million more than is allowed over a three-year period like that. So, I mean, we think we have a bad losing our Anfield run and having to start it again. Uh, there are horror shows all around football, and uh, I suppose we should just relax into the John Achterberg attitude, guys, that we have gotten into the next round. We look forward to covering it with you here on Raw. You heard Harry Seth, you heard Carl Matchett, Guy Drinkle has been uh, recording for us. Sorry to you folks who are looking forward to the one on Discord. It was acting a bit funny for me, uh, to say the least. I'll just leave it at that. Um, But at least you'll have your pod out as quick as possible. Guy will be beavering away and hitting uh, publish on this uh, as soon as we finish. So thanks to everybody who's listening. If you're new to the show, please do spread the word around your pals now that you can listen to it for free. And maybe, having listened to a few Anfield Index shows, consider becoming a sustaining sort of producer of the whole thing by subscribing to the channel. Uh, We would appreciate that immensely. So um, I will leave it at that uh, and say we'll be with you soon again. Uh, look out for all the games coming up because there will be a Raw after all of them Uh, and we look forward to hopefully talking about lots more Reds wins in them. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community 
where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.